up, what up, what's going on? You're tuned in to Verse TV, and I am Rico Castellan. Make sure you hit that like, share, comment, tweet, retweet, hashtag, pound, everything. Subscribe now and get all the tea on Verse TV. Pound that ass. See y'all. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Trubby's Music here. And if you hear my voice, you know what that means. It's time for All the Tea with Verse TV. Woo, 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 woo. Oh, my God. Super excited about today. Super excited in the building. We got somebody who's definitely uh neighbor to where I grew up. So I want to ask a question during this interview. At that point, I'm super excited now to do this. Uh, but without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want to get to this interview we have in the building. All the way from the ATL, call it Park. Holly Park. Ah. Going on straight out of Collin Park. This is Rico Castanine right here to give you the tea on first TV. I can't wait. It's about to be on and popping. Hey, exactly. Just like that. Just like you said it, y'all. So now we know you're from the ATL. We know you're from College Park. Is that is that originally where you're from? Before I ask the question. No. Okay, you're originally right. from College Park. Just so you know, I went to Riverdale High School and I graduated oh. in 2004. Uh, I graduated. I was in the choir with Sierra. We we, we sang in the choir together. Okay. I went to Westlake, and I actually played football with Cam Newton. I was his center for all four years. Come on now. See, we see, LA is a big place, and we know a lot of people know some people, y'all. Boom, just okay. like that. So, talk to me. So, like, being from College Park, has that influenced your work at all? All the way. Like... I, I I am not I did I did have the luxury of having both my parents in my life and they were both hard working parents and I do they do have money. But I was a little rough hooligan and hung out with a rough crowd. So <laughs> Talk about I, was little, I was a little rebellious growing up, but I um I hung out with a lot of dudes. Like, I played football. I was openly gay. Like, I was openly gay. Like, everybody knew I was gay. I never hid who I was. I came into ninth grade saying, hey, I'm the gay ninth grader. I'm running for Mr. Ninth Grade. So, I never hid who I was. I never hid who I was because I was like, bitch, you can't. You gonna like me or you gonna get your ass? It's the one or the other. Um, my, I, I, I had friends that lived in Perry Homes. I, I knew people in her and their home. Uh, Fourth Ward. I mean, I was all around hell. So, I mean, it wasn't nothing for me to actually be gay and be a boy at the same time and not have to be overly masculine because I'm not. I'm just myself. And I tell a nigga quick, I'll check you and I'll chin check you in a heartbeat and you don't want these hands there and die. Oh, I mean, it was very serious when you said it. So if they didn't, if you don't know now, you know. You're going to learn today. I see it. Clearly. Outside. I'll step outside right now and finish, and we'll be back. Now, I get it. We don't need we don't, we don't no smoke. Not, not over here. But I definitely oh, get it. Oh, no. My tag. <laughs> oh, but really, see? We ain't looking at the fans speaking. So tell me, how long have you been creating music? Actually, I have been creating music. Coming up a year, coming up on a year now. I've only been doing music professionally a year, but I've always been rapping. Like, I was in high school, all the boys at lunch, they'll be talking. And I used, I watched 8 Mile. So I was like, yeah. I, I remember when, when um, Eminem said, you got to, I'll talk about myself before you talk about me so I could take the power. I used to always be like, I'm the fag with the, with the last and the tongue that can eat. So if a nigga want to talk, he can eat in the street. Eat this pussy, put it in your face and lick it real good. That's why your bitch man, ho, because I got him so good. I, I would. That's how I would be. <laughs> yes, I can see it. I see it all the way. They wouldn't understand how to come back at it because if you said, oh, you a gay... You already said that. So you got anything else that you can talk about? I, I'm fat. Okay. Niggas like complexion thick. What's up? Like. Right. What are you? What are you? What are you saying? That ain't been said already. Give me something new. Right. So you can't say nothing. You can't take anything from me that I'm not gonna give. I'm gonna give it to you with how I wanna hear it before you give it back to me. And by the time you give it back to me, it's a wrap. I done killed you. <laughs> I don't about you three times. I came back and asked you, some, are you done yet? Got it. I get it. I'm done. Let's do this with you. Uh, but tell me, who would you say is your target audience for your music? Uh, my target audience, a lot of my music is is based off of, like, Yin Yang Twins, Phil Mob, um, Little John, 
um, Lil Chat, uh, E Forty, Trick Daddy, Trina. Like I, I, I make dance music, but it's just aggressive. Like it's okay. a throwback. It's a throwback to the '90s when you had. Well, yeah, the '90s when you had. Um, Nuck if you buck, uh, the uh, crime mob. Uh, you had, you had juvenile. You, you, you know that type of music. It gives you that old energy. Like you don't get a lot of hype music anymore. Like a lot of people are on a Drake tip, or they trying to sound like Frank Ocean, or right. they they like to make themselves feel so. I call it very spiritual music. Like, everybody wants it to be such a deeper meaning, and they want you to go get a thesaurus and look up everything and put together hyperboles and, and <laughs> different stuff. Bitch, I want you to shake your ass. I want you to, I, to, when you get done hearing my music, I want you to be sweating because you couldn't help but move. Period. I love that. Listen, the thing is, as an artist, people don't understand, like, if you really are, if you're an artist, you stand behind what you say, you stand behind what you do, and you stand behind what you believe in, and this is what you're saying. I don't give a fuck about all that. Get your ass on the floor, let me see it drop to the ground, move around. Let's get to it. I want to take, I want my music to be like the classic barbecue music. Like, you know when you put my song on, a bitch about to get on the dance floor and about to twerk for about two minutes. Yeah. That, that's, or yeah. every time. Oh. One of those situations, be like, uh-uh, that's my style. Hold up, cover my plate up. I'll be right back. But like, what? you know it's hot. But it's like, everybody want to move to there, so they leave their pocketbook somewhere just to go bust a one right. thing. Or how you know if you hear nothing, if you fuck in the club, somebody going to break out into a fight somewhere. You know every time you hear nothing, <laughs> if you fuck, a fight is going to happen somewhere. That's the type that of stuff. That song. That song, I was in high school at Riverdale when it came out. That that whole robbery with them and, and the guys from my school, it was a whole yep. thing. No, serious. My, serious. my single, my single now that I have with my best friend Bus Clown. Um, oh, like that's my that's my role, dog. Like when Yo. I, when. I, Writing my EP, I would call him and be like, "Ooh, bitch, I need you to listen to this real quick, cause this this sounds so fine. I need your opinion." And he was right there the whole time. Like he always would say, "I would be surprised when the album come out. I don't want to hear everything." So that, was, but he was my he was my my right hand in the process of doing this. So headshot was one of the songs that when I heard the beat, I automatically thought of him and me on it, and I just it. We are like the the head busting twin. Like if if he fight, I fight. So of course we had to put out a song where it was just that kind of energy. Like when you hear that song, that song makes you want to get up and punch somebody. Like bitch, run up, run up then you better run up. That's what that song makes you want to do. And it's like you haven't heard music that made you feel different type of stuff like that kind of way in so long. Because I feel like everybody's doing the same type of stuff. Everybody think they need me again. Everybody want to be, you know, everybody's trying to be the king and queen of rap. Bitch, are you making music that uh, bitches are going to play? Right. Are they, are, are they getting with it? Are they getting on right. to it? Are they want to dance with it? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Are they rapping it every single word and want to be a part of everything you're doing? Is it a movie? Can you, can, yeah. you catch line, can you catch lines out of the song that you can use in your everyday life? That's true. You better come on and speak about it. That's fine, fine, fine. And, and you spoke about a couple of things like Ace Mile and some of the artists that you compare yourself to who inspired you. What what inspired you to finally be openly openly homo rapper and be like, look, this is what it is. I'm gonna be this, and I'm, this is who I am, and that's that. Like you know what I'm saying? Because like, it, it wasn't easy, I'm sure, just to be like, you know. I ain't different. never been. I never been in a closet, and I wasn't gonna start being in no closet just because I wanted to rap about stuff I wanted to hear. I got tired of only listening to the girl song rapping her part. I want to hear something that that, that ah. something that sounds like me when I call rapping. Speak about it. Oh, that's... <laughs> because I grew up knowing oh, done been to places I've been, done seen the things that I've seen. Exactly. Your friend friends see you don't know Nan Ho. Right. I hear something <laughs> say, say that sound like me, so I can feel comfortable. I got you. Got you. Yo, that was so good. Yo, what is my to face right now? So, 
where did the choice for the stage name Rico Castellan come from? Okay, so Rico has always been my nickname, but Castellan is my gay my gay grandmother's last name. That's her family, her house name, and she was like an important person to me when I came into the scene because when I came into the scene, she was one of the people that guarded me from seeing different things and being involved in stuff that I shouldn't have been. Because I started, I'm from Atlanta, so I started clubbing at 16, 17. So, I'm talking, I'm talking about like 708, uh, Chaparral, Club Miami, all those places were places that I went to, and it was because of her. And she was a drag queen. She was, she was a female impersonator. And mm-hmm. she did competitions, she did drag patches and stuff like that, and I used to travel with her to different states and things like that. So I got to see a lot of things through her, and she guarded me from a lot of stuff. And she pushed me to do a lot of things, and she always wanted me to go after my dreams and do what I want to do in life and never let anybody hold me back and tell me what I couldn't do. So when she passed, she passed a couple, She passed a few years ago. When she passed, um, I decided to go ahead and do everything I ever wanted to do and I ever dreamed of doing. And when I did it, I felt like... She was so famous underground that it would be nice to bring her name to mainstream. So that's why I kept her last name. Wow. That's an amazing story. And also I can notice to you, Virginia, um, family. You know what I'm saying? Like, it means a lot to be able to have your inspiration in your life. And then when they pass away, to be able to continue their legacy. And so she's proud of you. And she's found down, you know what I'm saying, saying work, work, work her name and make it work. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so keep it up. You know what I'm saying? You're doing what you need to do, and you're doing your part, clearly. Um, got you to where you are now, so keep it up. Um, also, I see you're a music producer. Like, Do you produce most of your own beats? Well, no. I'm in the process of learning. Um, my The engineer that I work with, he's very special when it comes to like production and working side-by-side side with him and figuring out different sounds and different beats and different techniques and vocal vocal range and using my voice because even as a rapper you can sometimes you can think of a rapper as a singer because when you have a certain type of voice or a certain type of raspiness or accent it can be Mm -hmm. used in ways that singers use their voice whereas instead of saying hey i can say hey or something like you know what i'm saying but it can catch the beat and ride the beat in a different way than saying it the correct way so i I learn how to use I, i help a lot of people when it comes to learning how to use their voice on records and on tracks, because I've worked with a couple of artists, and I've actually written for a couple of artists, too, that are coming into the game and just learning their sound. And the biggest thing for a rapper or any artist when you de- decide to put out music is to learn what your sound is and how to stand out on your own and have your own voice, because a lot of people sound like a lot of people already out. And you could be confused with somebody else, but you always know when you hear me on the track, you know, that's Rico, because only Rico know how to make them sounds like he, like he from 1995. Um, so you don't hear those, you don't hear, you don't hear those type of accents, or you don't really hear a down south rapper using their accent, especially LGBT artists, using their accent for a vocal tool. Right. Absolutely. You're right about that. And, and you're using it for a tool and you're capitalizing, which is super smart. Um, first and foremost, I just want to pause for a second and say shout out to you. Being an independent artist who also gives other artists an opportunity to shine and, you know, utilizing yourself as a catalyst and as a vessel because you know yourself as an artist and know who you are and you define yourself and not utilizing that to help other people. I applaud you for that. We applaud you for that. I'm doing the same thing. And um, so I had to stop and pause and say, you know, for a second and say, you know, shout out to you. You know, as a, you don't, because as an independent artist, it's hard enough to do what we do as independent artists. Well, we don't have to give it a forward to nobody. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to give nobody else a chance. But the fact that we do that, that's why we're so blessed. And that's why God blesses you so. And that's why you continue to be blessed. That's why I'm blessed as well. Like, keep it up. I just had to say that. And sometimes we don't hear that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have to make sure you hear that. Boom. I just, um, I, I, I jumped into music. I jumped into music and rapping per se because I I wanted to not just make friends, but I wanted to bring a group of people along with me. 
and I wanted to ride with them and know that, you know, you got a friend that's going to look out for you and jealousy isn't a problem. And I can, I can be happy for your success. And I will, I will hope the same in, in return. And I, I plan on, I help my friends in any aspect as po- possible. And they, they do the same for me. And it's just a, a love and a respect within the community when you find the right core group of people. Absolutely. That's definitely something that I think is very important. It's good that you found that. And so if those of you listen to have it, pay attention to that. That's very important. That's a gem right there. Can I do one thing? I just want to shout out a few artists. Um, Young Go KSB, Young KSB he, he, he did the song Slob on, your, Slob on My Ass. He actually was the first one to encourage me to pursue music. Um, because we are, we're best friends and he overheard me, you know, play rapping. He's like, oh, that sounds good. You should, you know, so he pushed me. I want to, um, shout out Alanda, the blondie. I don't know if you know Alanda, but Alanda is like one of the dopest artists that I got to meet and his skill and his technique and his wit and his charm when he uses his words and the way he plays with words. It's amazing, and I love him for that. Buzz Clown, of course, that's my ride or die. I, I just, I, if it wasn't for Buzz Clown, sometimes I would lose my head and just say fuck it and just give up. But he, he, he steady keeps me on the path well, as long as you know with him. Um, who else? Buzz Gutter out of New York, Pink Gorilla. Come on, Pink, Buzz. Pink, Pink Gorilla. Pink, yeah. Pink. They are like. Buzz Gutter is someone who came, I, I met via Instagram, and we talked, and he, he, he saw a genuine desire to better myself, and he just dived into me and just was, like, there for me, like any a mentor, and just, you know, stayed there. And the whole Pink Gorilla family is, like, so warm, from Chad to Goldie to Tia. They are so loving and so embraceive, and they just help and just want to, the best for everybody. I feel like I'm missing somebody else. Uh, Trevon O'Neal, Trevon Sunil. Oh my God, that's my baby. He, he, he. Oh, I just—it's so many people that I just want to thank and love. Monsteration. I just want to say those you when you meet a group of people that believe in you so much and support you, and then you support them and have so much love. It's amazing. I just, I just had to say that. I'm sorry. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm glad you took the time to do that. It's very important to really show love for people that really show you love. And I think it's important to do it in places like this. Because it's not, um, you're giving a platform and an opportunity, and you're making that by yourself. And those around you, it's good to hear. Like, some people are like, I don't even hear, I don't hear what I'm saying. But it's good for you to still be intentional with it. And you were very intentional. I didn't ask you to say this. I didn't ask you who you want to give shout out to. You really made it intentional. Um, so I think that that's important. If they don't get it, not their face. Shake them up a little bit. But um, you were very intentional about that. So shout out to other people. Um, I mean, it, it takes a village to raise a child. You know what I'm saying? It takes a village to make things happen. And I feel like it's important to know that. If you're trying to be serious and you call yourself an artist in 2020, you know, you have original work. Like when I do open mics, I encourage people, I don't care if you have one song. Just have something that's original that's yours. So that you can say, I'm an artist. I created this. You know? I think that's very important. So thank you and shout out to you for continuing that. And I think that's kind of crazy because I interviewed Buzz. I interviewed Buzz about interviewing you now. And, you know, I'm just saying, you know, it's going to be a world full of amazing interviews up there. And the next thing you know, I'm going to have to hit everybody up to do an album or do a little recording. Because, you wow. know, when I, when, I, when, I hit, when I hit the microphone, I'm very serious about it. I don't play no games. So I might have to. I was talent. You know what I'm saying? I might have to put it together a little verse. tour. I was the main part of the people with the interviews. I'm always down. I'm always down for it. Y'all are super blazing. I'm glad to hear that. So look, here it is. It's recorded. I got you. You said it now. Don't forget. Come back. I'm looking for you. I won't forget. <laughs> okay, good. Good. You hear that, Aaron? But the skies that you hear that. So let's let's get things moving on. There's something so exciting we've been waiting to talk about. So you also played the role of um of, um Je- um Juice. Say the name for me, Jesse. Not Jesse. I just Jesse. Jesse. I always say it wrong. Jesse, you put a little Jesse in the main cast of HNXC TV's The Mix, the web series. Yes. So, talk about this. I'm going to ask you a few little questions that I'll find together. So, okay. talk about this. First and foremost, how did you make the connection? All this happened. You know, I know behind the scenes, because I got to do a couple minutes of, you know, a little plan. So, tell me, people, how did you make the connection? Tell us um, a little bit about the show, and then tell us a little bit about your character. Okay, so, this is how I became a part of The Mix. I actually started off working in the radio industry um, for a certain radio station, and things just didn't work out. So I met a lot of people that 
you know, came through the radio station that did a lot of projects. And Adrienne Cannon, she was, she's the casting director for A Connection TV. So I started following her on Instagram. And one day they had an audition out for the Mister, and they had a list of characters. And I was like, oh, my God, this character sounds just like me. So I reached out to her. I sent in my audition tape. I didn't hear anything for, didn't hear anything back for like four or five months. And then it just happened. Yes. So then I started following everybody that was a part of A-Connection TV. And then I found, you know, I saw that there was another audition for the same character. They did not find a person to play the character. So I went in and I sat out in front of the director and the, and, and the writer. So he's the same person. He's the director, the writer, and he's the main character. So I didn't know all this at the time. I was just like, okay, well, I have an audition with Wesley Henderson. I didn't know he was playing the main character. And I didn't know that he was the director of the show. So I came in and I was nervous, but I um, I did it and I acted like myself and I, I I did it like how I would you know talk to my friends and I, I made him feel like he was my friend and he he got into it and after that he was like oh he was like yeah the energy I got it that's it and then come to find out a couple of months later after working uh the casting director fought get me the role the first time and she had to tell him. When he did cast me and when we did become the highest rated show on A Connection TV, that she was the reason why I got the role in the first place because she really wanted me to be a part of it. And he was wrong for not getting me the first time. Uh-huh. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's Wesley, Wesley is such a cool guy. But once working with him, he's so focused on honing in on the actors and and teaching them is giving them the tools so when we went into the show the mister he gave us the synopsis of what the show and the premise of what the show was about and he gave us information to you know go over and we came together and we learned that the show was basically before about a guy who really just wanted to be loved but he fell in love with another guy that was in a bad situation and friends and family got involved and it became a part of it and that's how you get to my character. My character is the best friend of the main character. And he sits there and he he has so much history with this person. He doesn't want to watch him hurt. He doesn't want to watch him go through pain. So as that nosy friend that always likes to step over boundaries, because we all have that one friend that thinks that they're above all our rules, um, me being that friend that was my character's mission was to make sure he protected all his friends he my character is very motherly loving over the top but he he means well he loves his friends so hard because of the fact that he knows he has daddy issues he grew up he grew up with a father that hated him because of his lifestyle he was he, the, I, my character was openly gay and the father hated him for that because he blamed it. He blamed his mother's death on him coming out to the, his mother. But his mother had cancer, and she passed because of the cancer. But the daddy likes to correlate it with the son. So the son's friends are his his family. Like he has his sister, but his core group of friends are who he loves and cares about. And he won't let anybody hurt them or get or do anything wrong to him. But he doesn't know boundaries. Mm. You just made me so interested in this show. Oh my god! I'm gonna pay my couple of dollars. I don't know how much it costs to be able to just tune in. I'm, I'm telling you, it's so good. And season two, we start filming season two in about a week and a half. So season two, it dives more into the backstory of the characters, and it mm. gives you their 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 childhood a little bit, and you see why they are why they are, or you see what happens to them as kids that make them do certain things as an adult because. What we don't know is our childhood plays a big part of who we are as adults. Absolutely. And the season two really dives into that parallel of what happened to you as a child and why you do the certain things you do as an adult. Come on. So we learned a lot about ourselves and growing with it. Y'all need to tune into the show at Connection TV. Y'all need to make sure y'all tune in to Mr. Make sure y'all get linked into this, y'all. We, y'all got an exclusive right here, right now. And I also want to say, you know, this is a symbol of don't give up. If he, if, if this is the show you don't give up, you know, you really back to that thing. You ain't give it to the first time I walk in. I'm going to walk in. I walk right in and say, I'm going to show you. This is what I want now. I'm here. 
and walked out with the roller. Look at it now. It's about to be season two. So don't give up, y'all. And back to you, sir. You're such a good actor. Like, have you taken any classes with that? Or you just woke up like that? I've been, I did acting, I've been doing acting since high school. Like, acting was something, like, acting technically is my first love. That's what I actually love to do, is to convey different stories and different emotions and make people feel different things. Because my, my, oh, the gratitude that I get from seeing someone being touched or educated or changed by something that I brought to life is more than any kind of gratitude you can get because you act, your art changed somebody's perspective on life and that that's a lot of power that speaking that that's the power of being an artist being a creative who knows themselves and knowing yourself being able to put that cycle out there and then what did you do being able to show people that and then return being able to you know see them do the same thing so yes, that's power, that's wisdom, and you got to put that out there so people can understand and share that thing. Um, I feel like I'm talking like you know, Ti or Jay Z or somebody all those wisdom you about to be a new person over here. Y'all better come on out here. They're not playing the ATL. Y'all got some things moving. If they're not watching the ATL, they need to be watching because yeah. y'all got some dumb happening out there, and y'all need to make sure Versus TV is a part of it, right here. He's like, like, shake your head, say yes. So you were a main feature in Los Angeles-based Doc Magazine. Can you tell us about that? Oh, my God. When they reached out to me for the article, they, they said that they were, they were reaching out to up-and-coming artists that they've seen popping right now. And they asked me, they were like, would you mind um, sitting down for a few questions? And I was like, well, yeah, what the hell not? Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it still surprises me when I get invited to do certain things because I'm just doing what I like to do. It's not like I'm intentionally trying to set up right. this or this. It's it's genuinely like I'm just promoting what I like to do. Like, this is what I love. So when they reached out and they, they reached out to me, it was like, of course, I damn sure will. And it was my first time actually having to sit down and talk to someone about opening up about all these different kinds of things of where I've come from, what I'm doing, what, what made me decide to do this. Like, they really were, like, asking in-depth questions. Like, it was surprising. I, mm-hmm. I totally mm-hmm. enjoyed it, though. So you need to understand two things. One, this is only the beginning. So I need you to just lift your hands and just say, I receive it. That's it. Oh. It's coming. I receive it. That's it. Like, you, what's for you is for you. You are the epitome of what's for you is for you. I mean, if you, if you, you, what you told us thus far is the epitome of what's to you. Just receive what's coming. You know why? Because you've already, too much is given, much is required. That's why you're able to take on these things because he knows, I'll give you that because you can handle it. So trust me. And on um, top of you talk about things on, on being blessed, you were also featured at T-H-I-C-K at Thick. Uh, can you tell us about that connection? Can you tell us uh, about that connection? About? So Thick stands for Tempted. tempted. Yeah. Tempted, handsome, intelligent kings. I think I said it right. Intelligent. See. See. T. Tempting, handsome, intelligent, charming kings. Bam. Yes. But the move, the thick movement, the the basis of the movement was to self-empower heavier set males. Because being mm-hmm. in this lifestyle, I come from, I grew up in the no fats, no film time. So being in the South, that was a big thing. And I dealt with a lot. You see, I, like I said, I started in this lifestyle 16, 17. So I'm 16, 17, dating people 19, 20. And, you know, I'm still developing as a person. So I was a heavy set boy. And, you know, I had a lot of people telling me, hey, you too big for me. You're a little fat. I don't do fat boys. I, I can't. You know what I'm saying? So it took a long time for me to learn how to love who I was in totality. And that means mental health. That means physical health. That means spiritual health. That means it, it's, 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 a, it's a process. And I'm 31 years old. So it took a long time for me to realize who I was as a person. But when you get to that point in your life where you don't give a damn, nobody can't tell you nothing. 
This shit ain't stopping nothing. Ain't no bag going nowhere. Ain't no nigga going nowhere. Still get, I still pull off a one um socialites that want. This little <laughs> And that's what Thick stands for. That's their thing. We're fashionable. We're intelligent. We're charming. We, we're tempting. If you get to the back of that, when you see that December cover of me, you won't see the tempting. Because I know y'all seen saw them hump day Wednesday double tap. <laughs> Go look it up. So this out there. Look it up, y'all. I'm telling you. So um, I embrace my I, I embrace my body. I I know I'm not the the stereotypical look of what a gay male should look like, but there's some men that like them fit. It's some men that like a little a little pushing for the cushion. They like a little thigh. little chocolate thing, little chocolate. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I mean, that's why I'm so thankful to be a part of the thick movement because empowering men men like myself is another way for me to leave a mark and leave a legacy and to know that if I feel comfortable enough doing it you should too because you're just as beautiful as me absolutely absolutely that's what I'm talking about y'all better come on a day so tell me this what is the main thing that you want our verse TV audience to learn about Rico Castanon today he crazy as hell and don't give no shit about nothing <laughs> and, and, and YOLO is the, the motto for real. Live live your life as it is your last. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let no one tell you no. When they say no, you say, oh, yes. No, yes. And if they don't give you the yes, you make that yes. Because nobody's going to give you anything. You have to make your own way. Absolutely, and if you don't fit in, if you don't fit in, make a way, like you said. Hello, amen, speak, Lord. And what's, oh, you know, I felt that last time, so I got cut up. What's the hardest part of all that you do? Sorry, that was really speaking to me. What's the hardest part about all that you do? The hardest part about what I do? Mm -hmm. Juggling. I literally, I, at one point, before the quarantine hit, I was working three jobs. I was acting, I was rapping, and I had started working out. So, literally, I worked Monday through Sunday. I used to work Monday through Sunday. I had a main job I worked Monday through Friday, and then I had a part-time job I worked Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I drove Uber at night. Well, I drove Lyft at night. And in between time, I was doing photo shoots, I was reading scripts, because I had, in that time, I had filmed one movie with Signal 23, I filmed two TV shows with A Connection TV, and shout out to Frenergy, Frenergy is a great show too, if you could, if you look up Frenergy, I play a little minor role in that, but it's completely opposite of Jesse, and it got, it helped me get to flex my muscles too, so if you can, if you want to go check out Frenergy, Frenergy is a great show, and to be fair, both Frenergy and the Mr. Our NYPS award-winning shows. I um we the Mr. One for Best Soundtrack, and we got uh Best Actor with me and Ryan Marcus coming in second. And Frenergy won a whole bunch of things too. So my thing is, it was juggling, juggling and time management was my hardest mm -hmm. thing. I I took on so much. I never know how to sit still. Exactly. And once you talk other people, I'm sure people can relate to that. And that's part of the, thing, the, the three parts of this, this question right here is, what is the most enjoyable part of all that you do? To see everything when it's done. To see the reaction of people's faces. To hear people singing your music. To hear people dancing to your music. Um, to see people's reaction to watching your, your, you on screen. Um, in episode six of The Mister. It, it, it gets a little deep between my character and my father. And I have my father in my life. I have the best daddy on earth. That's, that's, that's my, that's my dog. So it was a real stretch for me to find, to find it within myself, to put myself in the mind space of a father who couldn't love their child. And it actually had, I actually sat down and had a conversation with my dad about it because for him, it was never a question about loving me. 
And I had to ask them, how did you cope with that? Because I never had to say, come out to them. They all, I, we, they met boyfriends. They done out. They knew all that. So, and the one thing my daddy was like, just long as you happy and doing what you're supposed to do as a human being, and and making my name look good, I'm good. good. So mm-hmm. to to come from that contrast to actually have to put myself in the mindset of a person who who has the father that, that can't agree with their lifestyle, that was the most difficult thing for me. Got it. Dang. And, and, and it's great that you were able to sit down with your dad and have that real-life conversation. Because, you know, sometimes as an actor, you can get caught up in what you're doing. And it sometimes, you know, cause you to start thinking things and seeing things differently. So the fact that you can have this little talk with your dad, you know, that's amazing. That's a thing to do. Shout out to your dad. You know what I'm saying? For being able to have that real man conversation and, you know, being supportive and loving you because there's a lot of dads that ain't. So I, I encourage your dad if he's listening because he's sure will listen if he's your dad. He's you. Yeah. To encourage other dads out there to do what you're doing. Please. There's a lot of young men out here who need it. Some dads don't get in and understand. Maybe he could be the awakening for other dads who don't know. You know what I'm saying? Please. And, and the dad you're listening, please encourage other dads to do what you're doing. That's all I'm going to say. Hashtag period. Um, so um, we have two more quick questions, and then we're going to get into our last couple of questions. We asked all of our reverse TV, um, all the three questions for our reverse TV. So this is um, first thing is this: What's the best advice that you've ever received? Stay humble and stay hungry. Stay, stay humble, humble and, and stay, stay hungry. hungry. Because as soon as you stop being hungry for what you want somebody's going to come in there and eat your plate. And as soon as you get too high on that horse, somebody's going to come in there and knock you over. Oh, that was so, so good. <laughs> so if you stay humble and you stay hungry, you'll never, ever have to worry about where you're going in life. Mm-mm-mm. That's going to be on replay in a couple places. You need to put that on our hashtag thing and have people repost that on your Twitter, too. I'm just saying. Hello. I'm just saying. That was deep. Okay. Uh, and, and last but not least, before we get into our verse TV questions, what's next for Rico Castanon? The world. The world. Who run the world? Because it's, it's, it's nothing that I can't do. <laughs> I it's love that. that oh. I, I do. Everything you say you want to do, you will do. If you keep that mentality, you keep that attitude. My people ask me what I want, like, the same question. I would say, I want to be bigger than Michael Jackson. That's my dream. Because I know that the, the impact that he had on the world, that if it was just, if it meant to, space was in a different place, oh, my God. The amount of, you know, lives that could have been even transformed even more but outside of the music. So my dream is to be bigger than Michael Jackson. That's me personally. So when someone like you says what you say, I totally get it and I understand. So, um, yes. All right, y'all. It's time to, you know, now we, we, we got the tea. Rico, now it's time to get all the verse T questions and to get the real T. So hopefully you guys are ready for this. So um, here we go. First on our list, so we asked all our candidates about all the T uh, interviews this. If you had all the money and power necessary, what would you do or change that you would feel would be most beneficial for the LG- LGBTQ community? I would make more safe spaces for LGBT community, for the kids. Because... There's a lot of people that I've met along my my journey that got let go from their family so young, and it still happens. And mm-hmm. they don't they don't know what it is to have a comfortable, safe space. Like everything is like you feel like you have to give up your body to stay somewhere, or you have to worry about somebody stealing something from you. You don't have that 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 safe space. If I could, I would build safe spaces for LGBT kids or kids or kids in general. And, but really focusing on LGBT kids, knowing the health, having health programs where they discuss things like more outreach programs. Because even though we, 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 we've worked on the HIV epidemic, people think that PrEP is the end all be all, but you still have to be understand. You still have to understand. You have to be careful on PrEP. You still have to be responsible and respectable to the body. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. That's the, I, I wish we can just instill that in a lot of people because at some point in time, I wish somebody would have told me, respect yourself. Respect yourself. Your body is a temple. 
you can't you can't you can't lay down with everybody because you're gonna come up with spirit Mm-hmm. And you're gonna be you're gonna come up with things that's stuck on you that you don't know that's stuck on you. And then you wondering when you twenty five years old, why you deal you sitting in a room crying by yourself because you still got that spirit from that guy that you slept with when you were seventeen years old when you didn't know what the fuck you was doing. Absolutely. I tell people all the time that sex is not just physical, it's mental and spiritual as well. So you have to be cautious of the people and the things that you allow around you because it can definitely attach itself to you. This is real. Energies are real. And nowadays, and nowadays, everybody's so fascinated with the fans only. That's something that you can't walk away from. Absolutely. When you put yourself out, I'm not, I don't judge anybody, but I just want people to understand when you put yourself out there like that, you can't take that back. Right. You're going to have to explain it. You have to explain that for the rest of your life. You're absolutely right about that. That's the decision that we make. That's that's the decision that we have with the freedom of choice. So we all have the same freedom of freedom of choice, and it's a choice that you make. And it's, it's unfortunate. I always tell people once it's recorded, once you put it up, you can't take it back. So don't do things on emotion. Don't do things just because. Like to me, money's the root of all evil. It ain't about the money. If you create it, and you're a creative person, if you can create a little sex show. You can sit there and create some other shit that can generate an income. So right. don't give me that excuse. You know, we all have a body, and anybody can be but fat. You, anybody can be but you know, but you know that also goes back to people's mental. It goes back to your mental health because you have to literally. I I, I also would want people to go to the count. I I thoroughly believe in counseling because some people have issues that they have to work out within themselves, and some mm-hmm. people use those to use sex as a way to work out those issues. Right. Absolutely. Especially in the LGBT community, it's unfortunate, but it's true. Yeah. It's very, it's, yeah, and, you know, so it definitely, um, counseling is a, a great start. And actually, I was, and I'll try to say this any chance I get. I'm on a program called ARTS. It's a program that helps you heal you. And not only does it help you heal you, you can then in turn around make money as a coach and heal other people. So I think it's important. There's a lot of hurt people hurting people. And I want hey, to be man. able to be, put myself in a position where I can help people heal themselves after I heal myself first. And so I'm working on that. And I think it's important. Now, if y'all know things out there, there's resources out there. Look at Stuart, I'm telling you. Um, um, so the next thing we have in our list of questions, it starts with the quote, and then it goes from the quote. Um, I'm just, okay, never mind. But yeah, skies that be, you know, sometimes they start telling things in my ear. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, cool, you got it. Um, so this is the quote. Start with this. Ask me now where I live or where I like to eat or how I comb my hair. But ask me, what am I living for? In detail, ask me what do I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing I want to live for. And that's uh, Thomas Morton. So the actual question is this. What is your goal in life? And part B is what is slowing you down from achieving that goal? My goal in life is to leave a legacy that is work that extends my life. And what's holding me back from, from doing that is being scared to allow people to see the vulnerable sides of who I am. Ooh, I like that from somebody who's so confident. Somebody who's so confident put their life on display for the world to see as confidently as you do it, and it, st- it still stops you. I just think that people need to hear that. I'm just saying. Because as confident as people believe in you, you know, I'm human, and I also struggle, and I go through things. But you, you got it's, this. I'm just, it's I just want to point it out. Very, it's very scary to allow people to see you fail mm-hmm. because you're never going to always win. But mm-hmm. it is very, very scary when you, when you, when people can see you fail. I got something for you. You, you. But go ahead, no, you when, say that. Go, you go first. But that's that's the one thing. That's my my biggest thing. I want to leave a leg. I want to know that when I die, I touched and changed someone's. Life. I know that sounds so corny. But I also used to be a. Um, uh, I, I also used to be a youth uh, tutor at schools, where I would sit with younger kids and I would just be their friend, be their mentor, give them somebody to look up to, because we all had that one person in school that that left a mark in our lives to where we are still adults and we still remember that person. When I want to be that person. I want to be that person to a lot of people because when you die, the only thing you, the only thing that is left on earth when you die is your legacy and what Absolutely. you left behind. 
and I want my legacy to transcend, transcend, transcend my life. But the only, but the only part about that is I have to be able to give the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the ugly is scary sometimes. Absolutely. And sometimes you just want to hurt on your own. But it's hard sometimes to deal with that and it's just when you're publicly, when your life is publicly displayed. So that's the part you learn in progress and, and through the process. But what I want to tell you and other people who may be going through what you're going through is you only fail when you stop trying. So what people see you fail. Doesn't mean you fail. You only fail if you give up and if you stop going after it. So it might not work the first time. It's instant alphabets, letters in the alphabet. Try it every day. And you're 20, 25 times. How many alphabets is this? You know what I'm saying? You might have to try it different times to make it work, but you only fail when you stop trying. So that's all that matters. As long as you don't give up and you see what the ultimate goal is and where you want to end up and you keep your eyes set on where you want to end, then you were good because you didn't fail because you never stopped. You just try the new way. A didn't work that you want to be. B didn't work that you want to see, that kind of thing. So you got this. Um, okay, cool. So number three is this. A real quick question is, what is your deepest key? I.e. something that you never shared on social media before, but something that you wanted to share with us. Um, a deepest secret? I really don't have a secret. The only thing that a lot of people don't know is that before I became a rapper, I was a female per impersonator for about 10 years. Wow. Wait, you said 10 years, too. Well, that's interesting. But come on, that wasn't even serious. That wasn't even heard. I, I started when I was 19 years old, and I stopped when I turned 30. Wow. Well, see, talent will make way for you. Clearly, I was never know that if you didn't tell me I was going to look it up just because I think it's so dope and so talented. Y'all never know who we're talking to, y'all. Uh, we're going to keep it. we got two more quick questions. And this one, what is the biggest stumbling block that you've had that you encounter in your path up and how did you overcome it? The biggest stumbling block that I have encountered is the uh, uh, artist by the name of Mistress. You have to learn who you work with first. You have to learn the people that you say you want to work with because a lot of people aren't good for your brand and a lot of people aren't good for their own selves. And mm -hmm. when you're unhappy with yourself, you tend to want to bring down others and talk negative about others that didn't want to do nothing but help you and help you grow as an artist and wanted to learn and grow with you. But when you are not pure within yourself and you don't like yourself and you don't like what you're doing with yourself, you tend to get people like her which want to bring others down with her. Mm -mm. That goes back to, I, I promise you I have learned everybody is not meant to be in the same space as you. That's true, and that's facts. And that's a hard reality of what you're saying. Something you have to leave behind so people can go with you everywhere. And last, but not least, last is, question. Jealousy is evil. Jealousy is a is an addictive drug, <laughs> and a lot of people and a lot of people and a lot of people need to stop hitting that pipe. Come on, talk about. Oh. That's a whole different That's a whole book, whole chapter, a whole different perspective. We're talking about another time. And last but not least, last question for the powers that be get on me, is ideally, what do you want to be the legacy for your work? What do I want to be the end legacy for my work? Mm-hmm. I want people to see my whole body of work because I'm not just a musician. I'm an actor. I'm a model. I'm a, I'm a rapper. I'm a, I'm a brand. And I want everybody to understand that building a brand is what you want when you have a legacy. Because you want people to see you in all different aspects of your life and doing all different types of things and see that you are a well-rounded person. I believe, I believe in God. I believe in faith. I believe in, I believe in karma. I believe in love. I believe in helping others. I believe that by me putting my best foot forward and giving somebody else that same respect, that that will come back to me, and at the end of my life and the end of my careers, my legacy will show that. By the people that I have touched and the people that have learned from me, they will keep going and blossoming and doing the same thing because they had somebody to do that for them. Yes. Rico, we did it. Thank you so much. That was a great way to end. Please tell the people where to find you. Tell them, let them know where you, you know what I'm saying? Like, first of all, again, shout out to you. Thank you for being here. Let me know where to find you. Let me know if there's anything major besides these two coming up. 
And uh, that'll be over. I just want to look. This is AJ. Thank you. Thank you. Well, once again, this is Re <laughs> straight out of Kylie Paul. This is Rico. And I'm giving you all the tea on Verse TV. And I want to yeah. shout. I want to shout out to Toolbox for sponsoring this lovely fit tonight. That's one of uh -huh. my sponsors. I yes. Enjoy chocolate. You can go to tool, what's in your toolbox.com or you can find them on Instagram. I want to shout out to A Connection TV for always being a part of everything I do. I want to shout out to Pink Gorilla, Gorilla Entertainment, Club Gutter Chat, um, Goldie Media. Shout out to Book, because ain't going to be no clowning. So I want to shout out to Book Clown. And I want to shout out to all my core people that follow me. I don't have fans. I have friends. And I thank y'all for coming along with me on this ride. Yes, y'all. It's the best TV on the team with Troy Week's music. And Rico Captain, I thank you guys so much. We're on uh, our radio now. So check us out, y'all. Troy Week's music. Yep. Thank you guys so much. Once again, straight out of College Park, you got Rico Castanine. That's Rico Castanine on Facebook. It's Rico World 1988 on Instagram and Rico White 2002 on Twitter. No for fans only. Sorry. Oh, man. Fair. Just like that. Yeah. Stop it.